The Sacred Changemakers podcast is supported by Coaches Business School, helping the world's most caring coaches build a purpose-driven and profitable business that makes a meaningful impact in our world. Check out their unique frameworks and methods to help you transform and grow your business. Now is the time to build a bridge from what you want in life to include what the world needs. You can do well in business and do good, and together we can make a meaningful difference. Find out more at coachesbusinessschool.com. Hey there, welcome back to the Sacred Changemakers podcast. We've got another great guest lined up for you today. I'm so excited to introduce you to Kathleen Joy. She's the founder of Lumiere Work and executive leadership consultant. Kathleen works with leaders who need breakthrough thinking, engagement, and innovation work. She consults in Fortune 500, mid-size, and startup companies in the USA and also in Europe. Now, Kathy leverages a multi-sensory, multi-intelligences approach to create transformative experiences for leaders, teams, and organizations. And she does this using her trademarked methodology, which you're going to hear her share in our upcoming dialogue. Now, Kathy also has some serious academic chops with a master's degree in organizational development from CIIS and a bachelor's degree from the University of Michigan. She completed graduate level studies while working in France for several years, and she's also a master practitioner in neuro-linguistic programming, earned a four-year certificate in the McKay Method of Energy Healing, and she's been an ICF member since 1997. Now, the title for our conversation today is one that speaks to some newly emerging and increasingly important issues that we face in business and leadership. Heck, we, you know, we're even facing this in life as we all try to navigate the accelerating pace of change. And that is higher ground, creating a transformative perspective for ourselves and also for our clients. This was a truly insightful conversation as Kathy shares what I consider to be her unique perspective on what is working for her clients and what we all need to be mindful of as we approach change. We talk through everything from miracles (laughs) to leadership performance and everything in between. I think you're going to enjoy the easy flow of our conversation. So let me introduce you to Kathleen, or as I know her, Kathy Joy. Hey, Kathy, welcome to the Sacred Changemakers podcast. Thank you. I'm delighted to be here. I'm, I'm excited for our conversation today because I know in the, in the short, brief conversations we've had together, uh, we know there's quite an overlap in the work that we're doing in the world. So I'm really excited to share your work and your perspectives with our audience. But before we do, you know, our audience have just heard your professional bio. And I'd love to hear something about yourself in your own words, really, kind of going behind the scenes, kind of behind that professional bio and and ask you a little bit about the real life human that lies behind the bio. Who is she? Mm, Thank you for asking that. You know, I think the main thing I would tell you about uh, who I am today or am now is I am a a professional and a mother and a human in transition. Mm. And uh, that probably is, we could say that for everybody all the time right now, because given our current uh, world changes and circumstances. But I have two daughters who have left home. Uh, They're 20 and 22. So during the pandemic, I became an empty nester. And at that same time, I really started thinking about with that extra space that came into my life, what am I going to do? Mm -hmm. I've always been an artist. And I have a lot of crazy, I love doing crazy things. (laughs) I love... uh, (laughs) Uh, all sorts of different ways to kind of think about how do you push creativity? How do you create something that invokes insight or excitement? And I and I try to do that through interactive art and uh, interactive art installations. So I've been doing quite a bit of that since since the girls have have gone to school. Uh, I'm also when I say in transition, I feel like I've, I've I've I spent about two years in between doorways, and now I've 
crossed over a threshold into this new space, but it's brand new space for me. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that has to do with trying to bring together all the things that I love and that I know are powerful and useful and putting them into a sort of a system for my own life, as well as for those that I love and care for or, or serve. Um, so I would say at this very moment, I'm sort of a whirling dervish of creative output. I love that. Oh my gosh, yes. that just conjures up this beautiful image in my head of you kind of like lots of ideas swirling around. And, you know, and what's amazing about that, I think it was Margaret Drabble that said, when nothing is certain, anything is possible. And I just feel that around you in your field at the moment. Now, I, I, we are going to get into talking about this, this new space, this new energy that you're finding yourself in right now. But before we do, I'd love to just hear a little bit about your timeline. I mean, what is it that's brought you to this moment in time? You know, are there any milestones or highlights on your journey that kind of make sense when you think about this new space you now find yourself in? You know, I think the biggest discovery that I've had is that I uh, started out as an accidental professional, right? I had studied a certain thing at school and I thought I was going to go into this field of public relations. And then I met this amazing person, uh, fell in love and then moved to France. And oh, wow. I lived there for five years. Yeah, yeah. It was like, okay, how about plan? We'll just change your plans. <laughs> My mother was thrilled. Um, but the... You know, I just was following something. And I think that moment in time, and it was an amazing, uh, an amazing experience. But that moment in time actually cemented me to uh, what I follow in my life. And it's always been uh, a calling, I guess. I, I can't say a calling because people say, well, what what is that? It's just a feeling. And I have to have a certain amount of integrity with this, with this sensing that I have about who I am and where I'm supposed to go. Now, you know, 30 years later, I have a different language for that than just being an accidental professional. Um, I've always followed my soul calling. Mm -hmm. And it uh, sometimes has cost me things, you know, because it's not necessarily the popular choice. Uh, it's definitely made me very bold. Uh, I'm willing to try some crazy stuff. And I usually get a lot of joy out of that. Um, and, you know, on uh, mile markers, what happened going to France is I had to learn uh, a new profession. And what I learned was about adult learning. And I started teaching and I was like, well, how do these humans function? Like what's going on here anyway? You know, it's like I learned how to market and sell and persuade them, but who are they? Right. <laughs> and so I really liked the shift in gears to that and working in a multicultural setting, you know, when I was working worldwide with a lot of different people meant that I had to have a very open mind about how people work. And I learned a lot about belief systems. I learned a lot about uh, how much our culture informs us. I learned a lot about how systems hold us in place or break us free. I, it was, I just became a lifelong learner. Mm -hmm. um, but I've done, you know, I've got some certifications and education, and I've been working as an executive coach with very, uh, I guess you would say, impressive folks along the way um, for the last 22 years. But I think the main highlights would be just this adventure, the sense of adventure and this desire to always be learning mm -hmm. and, and knowing how other people learn. And I guess in a nutshell, I would say I've been studying transformation, right? Mm -hmm. How do we transform things? How do we transform? Yeah. And that is, I mean, the answer to that question could be answered in a multitude of ways. <laughs> I'm viscerally aware of that. But I, I love what you're saying here because there's, you know, as you're speaking, Kathy, there's like a there's like a gentleness in your voice. You you sound different to say other executive coaches that I've worked with or, or interviewed on this podcast. It's like you you fully embodied 
I'm going to say the release, the surrender, the following your calling. I, I can hear it, the receptivity in your voice. And that's unusual. So what I'd love to, to get you to, to kind of share with us is what are the insights that you've learned from working with leaders and executives inside of organizational systems about this space of transformation and change? I mean, what are the insights that you kind of, you remember from your career? Well, I mean, I do have the privilege of, of practicing this every day now still, right? Mm -hmm. And um, the, the thing about when facing change, what I've noticed uh, with others, with my clients, and then even with myself and even with my daughters, right? So mm -hmm. the people near and dear to me who I love is that we all have our preferences when change happens and we have our preferences to make change happen, right? Mm -hmm. We either, it's something that's incremental and, or it's radical. I mean, change can have so many flavors. It's like a crazy, uh, a restaurant you could go in and order any type of dish you wanted right um and so what i've learned is that how people approach that doorway is probably the most significant piece right mm -hmm. how you initiate how you take that moment of initiation into change for me is the everything and mm -hmm. it's what i've noticed is that depending on what perspective i'm bringing into that <clears throat> i have something i call transformative perspective Mm -hmm. And the idea is, how do we hold a picture in a framework that's big enough, but also has some really beautifully defined structure to it, so that we can navigate whatever happens and still feel whole and healthy and grounded and do our best work, be vulnerable and learn, and sometimes have to apologize, but still bring our best selves and do our best work. Um so I think the biggest thing I've noticed is that how we approach that first, it, it we how we initiate change or how we approach the first moments of something having changed is probably the most critical piece. Mm. Sets the tone. Yes. Yes, I, 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 I can imagine that. Now, our title is Higher Ground, Creating a Transformative Perspective for Ourselves and Clients. So it's kind of, I guess I can make the assumption that your transformative perspective embraces this idea of higher ground. So what do you mean by that? What is that? Oh, uh, well, <laughs> here's the thing is when you're on the floor, right? <laughs> when you've hit bottom. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. If you just turn your body over and you start to look up, you'll notice that there's something above you. And, um, <laughs> you know, that's how higher ground got started. Uh, but, you know, I've had very many low points in my life. I've had moments where I've had um, very dark nights. I've had difficult struggles with relationships. I've had my own, per you know, all the things that we humans get to um, experience. And the thing that has always uh, help me rise up again is what I call this perspective of the higher ground. Mm -hmm. And what that looks like is that when you're in a place where you, you don't know what to do, what do you do when you don't know what to do? Mm -hmm. um, higher ground is probably your safest place to go. And for me, higher ground is that place where you can, it's an altitude change. You get into a meta perspective. You start thinking, stepping back and, and start witnessing a tiny bit yourself or the situation instead of being deeply embedded in it. You know, if I use that analogy about being on the floor or, you know, hitting the, the bottom ground, um, higher ground is, you know, lifting yourself up into the treetops or even up into the, into the, sky and soaring a little bit and just taking a bigger bigger perspective and what that bigger perspective can offer you i mean it can offer so much if we know how to get there it can open you to diversity it can open you to the lessons of adversity it can help you find joy it can open up creative possibilities it can help you to be a better service it can help you problem solve i mean having a, a transformative or higher ground perspective changes the game mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And, you know, very, so when you say higher ground, do, and you've talked about it in terms of altitude, do you also mean it in terms of consciousness? I've got to ask. <laughs> yeah, and I knew you would. <laughs> you just love that, and I love that about you. Um, yes, absolutely. I mean, if you think about, well, what is, think of it as your perspective is your framework right where does your framework come from it comes from your belief system and your values and based off of those beliefs you're going to talk to yourself in a certain way and the way you your internal mechanisms work and and you're thinking you're going to feel a certain way and based off of feelings you're going to do something and that doing is going to create some sort of result right so higher ground is stepping back from okay this is the outcome i had maybe not ideal And stepping back into, okay, what did I say or do? Okay, maybe not my best self. (laughs) Not a good day. (laughs) Stepping back and going, what was I feeling? And you're like, well, that wasn't very good. And I don't want to feel that way again. Stepping back and go, okay, what was all the thinking that went into that? Okay, not great thoughts. No wonder I got that outcome, right? And then taking that final step back into that position of beliefs and really looking at what I call the perspective that I have, which could also possibly be like your philosophy or a meta framework that you're using to look at things. And it's at that place that we can start to reset and then recalibrate change of consciousness, right? Mm-hmm. It is absolutely a change of consciousness. Um, and then we can have new thoughts, new feelings, new actions, new outcomes mm-hmm. and carry on. Yeah. You know, what's fascinating as I'm listening to you speak here is, is, you know, when I think back to my own career and as a change agent in, in, you know, so many different organizations, when I sit down with a potential client for the first time and they're talking about a change process, whether it's for them as an individual, for their team, for their department, or even for the entire organization, the way they talk about change is always that it's out here right? It's kind of safe. It's detached. It's a process. It's not about me. It's about this out here. Now Mm. that feels at odds to the way you're describing change here. Cause like me, you have this, this inside out approach, which is much more, I feel about, and I'm hearing it in your language. It's about being and becoming and really being able to understand your role, your perspective, within that change because it's so easy to forget in organizational life that organization is human it's people (laughs) it's not just the systems and the processes and business process re-engineering and just in time and all that but it's actually the people that need to change to do that so is when you say higher ground and creating a transformative perspective, what I want to know is, do you get pushback from your clients? That's what I'm interested in. Do they notice the difference between the internal and the external? Is there some tension that's created there? And if so, how do you navigate it, Kathy? Well, you ask (laughs) such beautiful questions. I really appreciate that. Um, Well, I guess if I have to share my philosophy and my clients mm. would come to me because of this philosophy, right? Yes. So the idea is that you can put whatever process you want onto something, right? Any beautiful, I mean, I love a good diagram and spreadsheet and all the rest. Like I can get really geeky on strategy. Like there's a <laughs> lot of things within an organizational system that I can go to town on, but that's just process. If you don't know the content you're dealing with, mm. then what are you doing? Right. So if I think about leadership and I I share your perspective about it's inside out, I have to know who I'm bringing into the room and what my own uh, where I'm at and how I locate myself in this change process in order to lead other people. Right. Right. If I'm going in blind, then I'm just working off of ego. Right. And yeah, I and I see a lot of that, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I see a lot of that. And I. no doubt have been guilty of of leading with my ego before too, but the results just aren't as good. Mm. They're just not as good. You either lose coherence, you lose buy-in, you lose creativity, you lose diversity. I mean, there's so many things that uh, egos are just wrapped a little too tight Mm. for uh, transformative change. They have to be 
well partnered with a deeper consciousness, if you will. Mm. Yeah. So are you noticing a change in attitudes towards your work, you know, post pandemic? Because I'm certainly seeing a little bit more of an appetite for this than there was before. I mean, what are you noticing in this space, Kathy? Oh, I'm I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited. Uh, Well, um, I mean, for better or for worse, I think that there uh, there was a lot of fallout with the pandemic in terms of those who have decided not to change and to to stick as hard as they can to what they know and to make the systems and the processes that they used to know and love try to survive. And then there are those who understand that it's that we have to evolve, right? That or we have to. That's my perspective. But you know that there is a evolution at foot here, mm-hmm. and those transformative leaders, uh, if they weren't awake before, they're certainly awake now. Right. They're certainly right. awake now. They had to be. You know, yeah. we just had this massive experiment. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you all get a. We're going to have a global timeout. We want you to go to your room and think about this. <laughs> you know. And some people came out thinking differently and having more appreciation mm-hmm. for things. And I certainly noticed that um, my clients in general want more. You know, they have to feed that inner inner self as well as the outer self. They have to understand more to have more impact because now they want to have impact, right? Now they want to say and what's going on in this world. And now they want to, you know, be able to be effective and and do the best they that they really want you know now they're in the game they're like whoa wait a minute <laughs> right right <laughs> this is not passing me by yeah this and what, one of by. the things that that my clients are also saying is yeah now I'm in the game and the game's changed <laughs> so because I actually think the rules of the game are shifting and accelerating quite quickly now and so you know even before we were talking about things like VUCA environments and stuff and, you know, this idea of uncertainty and leadership and how do you stay confident, you know, when everything around you is uncertain, all those things. But now it's almost like that used to be a nice to have. And I feel it strongly with my client base now that this is a this is a must have you know meaning purpose. It's mission critical that you're not just a leader, you're a more conscious leader. So I know creativity runs as like a thread through your work, Kathy. And I guess that this is also opening up more space for creativity. So what part does that play in your work? And how does creativity support change? What a beautiful question. Um, Creativity is my new playmate, for sure. I mean, I've always, always have had something uh, some need for creative expression. It's, uh, I, there are two things I think I was brought on earth to potentially do. And I'm open to a third, but the two I know right now is that, uh, to have my daughters and, uh, to raise them as best as I could. And they're incredible humans. And, uh, yes, you're welcome world because I give you that. (laughs) 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 They're freaking amazing and I love them and then the second thing is creative expression right so how can I bring how can I get the very best of this human experience Mm -hmm. what what would bring and and people I believe that's actually the element to change that we forget about Mm -hmm. is how incredibly creative it can be and creativity scares people because they think well I can't draw or I can't cook or I don't know how to makeup I don't ideate like you do and it's a real misnomer because creativity comes easily I think I can easily say four different buckets right mm-hmm. and and I think about it in terms of types of intelligences and creativity can be cognitive creativity you know the beautiful logic flow or or a, presenting an argument or a business case or a beautiful presentation like there's such it's a very creative act to create logic, actually, right? Engineering, very, very, very creative uh, mindset. And if we look at then emotional intelligence, 
Well, if you, I dare you to tell me one empathetic person or one person walking around who, who is not a creative <laughs> because they're dealing with raw material and interesting material all the time and shaping and shifting and, and, and you know, always trying to uh, create, uh, well, hopefully trying to create a mutually beneficial outcome, right? And, and um, feeling good about yourself and good with others. And then there's physical intelligence. And I've seen craftsmen and uh, architects and like the amount of things that people, I mean, people make stuff. It's incredible for me to go into any system where somebody has built something. I mean, for God's sake, plumbing. I'm in love with whoever's, you know, <laughs> right at that to start with. So physical intelligence has a tremendous amount of creativity to it. You know, you're 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 putting a meal together for your family. That's physical intelligence. It's sensual. It's 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 earthy. And and then there's what I would call the subtle intelligence, where I think you you tend to play a lot. And probably uh, many of your sacred change makers, right? And that's in the energetic and intuitive world. And it's how we pick up on the more subtle uh, cues and and offerings. And then how do we weave those into what we're doing into that particular day or that conversation or working with that person? So when when I think about uh, creativity and change, uh they're almost synonymous. Like, I don't know how you would say one's not the other. That's really interesting. I've never thought about it in that way. But as you were talking there, I was coming to that realization myself that can change exist without creativity? Because it, it feels like the ultimate kind of creative expression to move into change. And then when we think about intentional change, the way you described it there, Kathy, I actually felt like a whole freedom opening up, thinking, well, the possibilities, if I'm being creative in my change, the possibilities are endless. Instead of just thinking about what I should be doing or what you know the gurus or other people are talking about or my competitors are doing, I actually have this, this field this wide open, expansive field that I can define, I can step into, and, and I can step into it with others as well. And together, we can come up with something new, something innovative, something different. Is that what you mean? <laughs> Absolutely. And for me, that's transformative perspective. That's right. just what I... I've coined that right so it's when we all get to that place where you know you have to be well with yourself mm. to to the greatest extent as you can being well with others and then you start to have a framework that opens it up so that, that all the creativity and all the different planes and 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 aspects of it can come through and some people get nervous about creative energy because they feel like it's chaotic, mm -hmm. but creative energy uh, can be very refined, very precise, you know, mm -hmm. quite elegant, actually. There's all different types of perspective of it. We're just not, we don't have the language. We're not schooled mm -hmm. for it. We've put things, I, I would love to bash just about every category we've ever created for <laughs> in our language because <laughs> it's just too limiting <laughs> um but i think you know the thing about how would you know if you're practicing or using creativity well is if you come to a new truth mm. so if i discover a new truth and and something that might be true a transformative truth the truth that changes things right mm. um then i would say that my creativity is as or the collective creativity that we're practicing is working. So let's talk about one of those truths, because there's something you said when we first met that kind of stuck with me. And I also know it to be true. I wouldn't necessarily say it in the way you do, but it's miracles are possible. Right. And as we're explaining this, you know, this higher ground, this transformative perspective, this wide open field, this creativity, I feel like in some ways that is the ground 
for miracles to happen. So what do you mean by that? Because miracles is not a word we use very often in business and leadership. <laughs> it's almost like, you know, like a polarity, like business is over here. Miracles are probably with the woo-woo over there. So for a lot of leaders, that's quite the antithesis of what they think they're doing in their leadership. So tell us about that, about the miracles that can happen here and how they're possible for us all. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Girl, <laughs> how long have we got? <laughs> how long have we got? Yeah. How much? How much wonder are we are we uh, up for having today? How how amazing could this be? Um, well, here's here's the thing with the language. So, and this is a transformative perspective. If if you in your perspective you think of a miracle as something that's only a divine act that can be done by a certain person at a certain time uh, in history. Uh, that limiting belief just makes that unavailable to you. Right. Right. So if I were to say, wow, it's a miracle I found a parking spot. Well, then I just experienced something of wonder. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit of the attitude that can come with it. If I uh, have amazing conversation with somebody and I have a, a light bulb go off. Uh, wow. That was it's like a miracle. I never thought of that idea before. That was, you know, so I, I have some trepidation around language and how we, I told you before, if I could, mm -hmm. I don't know, if we had one universal language that was just uh, a vibration, it'd be a lot easier. But um, <laughs> when I think about my clientele and, uh, you know, people I have the privilege to work with, these leaders, uh, I think language does make a difference. And I think if I were to say a miracle, they would get a little nervous. Um, but if I talk to them about a new possibility, then they're not nervous, mm. right? Oh, well, what if something else were true? What if there was another option, right? You start using, you translate into language that they feel comfortable with. But um, what I'm really doing with them is I'm holding a field, a miraculous field around them, right? And I'm holding the possibility that anything could happen. And I believe probably the best would happen. So when I think about that, you know, more subtle intelligence I was talking about, what I'm trying to bring in with every conversation is uh, a field of possibility, mm. you know? And then they can start to feel that. And they, I start to use language that will feel comfortable with them. And then we expand on what they thought that word might have meant. You know, and and we kind of I try to slowly get them up to the, this perspective, this higher ground perspective. Mm -hmm. Well, what if? Oh, what I you know, this could happen. That could happen. Let's just throw some. What's the worst that could happen? Great. Okay, if that were to happen, now what would we? Do? You know, and so there's a certain amount of um, fearlessness. I think that has to come with it too. Mm -hmm. Right. I can't come into these conversations afraid. I have to come in just absolutely confident that there's a solution and that they have all the resources they need to solve this problem. We just have to uncover it or yeah. redefine it or rename it. Right. Mm. I believe that everybody holds the consciousness they need to create the changes that they most desire in their life. I have to make sure I'm not talking to the ego aspect completely you know that that piece of us wants control for predictability and gosh I, I really appreciate that part of my myself and others too you know you do need that and to be a leader you need a certain amount of ego in order to, to survive at the higher levels um because it's it's a tough world <laughs> right, <laughs> you get a right. lot of responsibility right there's a lot of responsibility and people will come at you for a lot of different things and um you have to weather that well, you know, like the little duck with the water dropping off of it. And I, sometimes I think of the ego helps people do that. Um, mm. I'll pause there. I feel like I've started to go on a tangent. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's lovely because this idea of when you were describing, you know, the language and the limitations of miracles, I, I'm totally in agreement with you. But what I also heard was, it was like this, this language of possibility, this language of hope, this holding the field, which there's a word that I, I use a lot, I guess, with, with leaders, which is this word beyond. 
And what I mean by that is kind of going beyond what they know, going beyond their edges. And it sounds like you're the guide for that, for your clients is, is kind of expanding this field of possibility with them in a co-creative way so that they can understand that what they might have thought was not possible before working with you now starts to, there's a path and a door that starts to open. So they start to realize, actually, maybe this is possible for us. So I love the way that you've kind of elegantly described your work, because I think right now, I mean, this is my kind of belief system, but I think this is exactly what the world needs right now from us as humans. And so I'd love to ask you, I mean, you know, when you kind of take that higher ground yourself and you look out into the world as it is today, how you perceive it, I mean, what do you believe is possible for us as humans in our evolution? Yeah. No, oh, I think it's, I think we go back right up to the miracle level, right? Because, right. Um, I think we constantly underestimate how clever we are. Mm-hmm. I think we underestimate how how deeply we will be of service to each other. I think we mm-hmm. we forget how much we care. Right. I think that um, sometimes we forget how well we are and how deeply we're connected, right? But I I am so enthusiastic about the world right now. Are you kidding? Mm-hmm. Like I think yeah. we're in the best place we could have been. Because what was broken and the systems that don't work are now on the table. It's like, okay, what do you do when you break a dish in the kitchen? You get out the broom and you start cleaning up and you figure out, okay, what's next, right? And um, that's not to minimize the level and the complexity of the problems in front of us. I think they're enormous. But I think that we have an invitation as as a human race, right? And the leaders of this uh, of our leaders um, are ready to step up and to create a transformative, transformative change. I think we can make a quantum leap here. I do. Yeah. We're intelligent enough. We're creative enough. We're resourceful enough. We have human beings are incredible creations. And if we, take advantage of the step back that we've had to take and we evaluate what impact we have and we consciously start making some choices to have a different impact. I, I think there's a lot of solutions and possibility ahead of us. Yeah. Yeah. And as you're speaking, it kind of underlines to me what you said earlier, which is this idea that, you know, it has this process of evolution starts with you like it starts on the inside because you know these leaders I guess they can't show up to well they can't show up well I guess to change processes if they're coming from broken and unhealed stories and you know they've not done their own inner work they're not aware of their impact you know interrelationally so it really makes sense to me And showing up with your unique gifts and this level of awareness and being on higher ground is can be hard to do in many organizations because we've, you know, there's a lot of media that's shaping our behaviors right now, talking about the great resignation and the quiet resignation. And if all we do is listen to the media, then, you know, we're probably doomed. (laughs) So how do you get beyond that, Kathy? And how do you help people show up in ways that are more resourceful and they are more aware of their unique gifts? How do you help facilitate that? There's a lot of different things that we don't pay attention to, Mm -hmm. right? And I really like to, it it could be, uh, there's a number of practices, but I'm thinking about your sacred change makers, right? Mm -hmm. So the people who are potentially listening to this and going, okay, on a good day, I I get what she's talking about and I can do that. But what do I do on a bad day, right? right? Or when I'm challenged, or if I have a leader who's a little bit stuck and I'm trying to get them to shift. I go back to those four intelligences I talked about and I Mm -hmm. find practices in those. So for example, if I know most people are very cognitively um, 
acquainted, right? They know their brain, they love their brain, they think about their thinking and they go off. So I usually don't approach a lot there unless I'm working with language and right. reframing. I might I might use that tool there. If I think about the emotional component and where they're at, you know, um, often what I've noticed is people don't understand what they need. They don't right. actually know their real needs. And and then they may not know how to ask to get those met or know how to get those met. Or um, I think the way that shows up right now is boundaries. Uh, I've seen a lot of that issue come up with people just don't have good boundaries anymore. They got all blurred. And so their emotional selves are all over the place. You know, it's like, well, of course, I have to help my child with their homework. And then I have to be in this Zoom meeting. And then I have to go, you know, and, and do this thing over here with my partner or my whomever and without having any sense of um, a container for the self emotionally and being able to have some time and reverence and reflection and care there. Mm -hmm. uh, so that might be something on the emotional front I would use as a tool for the physical breath work, I think has just become the, you know, it's starting to become popular. It's going to be the new yoga soon. You know, you'll have <laughs> breath studios and people will be like, oh, breathe. But it is, I mean, talk about a miracle. The fact that I could, by doing a, you know, a dedicated practice for five or seven minutes of breathing in a different way can change my physiology and completely change the way I'm looking at things and how I'm interacting. I mean, I think that's, that's spectacular. So that would be a physical thing that I would uh, potentially look at. And any of the, a real easy one is get them out in nature. Right. You know, right. Just go for a walk. Just go for a walk. When in doubt, <laughs> you know, put yourself into greater hands yeah. <laughs> and let the natural rhythms of uh, of real big life, capital L, you know, take over. And then for the uh, subtle intelligence, the intuitive and more energetic, I'm a big fan of water. And so, you know, washing hands, washing your face, taking a hot bath, taking a hot shower, um, being near bodies of water. Um, I find that those actually help a lot calm somebody down. So sometimes, let's say there's a leader who's about to go into a big meeting and you know, we've talked, they've got all their little tricks, you know, they've got the right things in their head and, and they're feeling somewhat confident, but a little excited or anxious. And it's like, that's okay. Just keep that balanced. And then physically I've got them. Okay. Do you know where your feet are? Let's feel the weight, you know, in your hips and down below and stay anchored. And, you know, maybe they're doing a Superman thing or whatever they want, they need to do to feel good. Um, I personally like lipstick. I just put on a little lipstick and I feel like, <laughs> bam, right? This is happening. Um, and then at the very end, they might wash their hands. Also go into the bathroom and wash your hands for a few minutes. And I want you to let go of and wash off any negative thought, any doubt, anything that is not serving you right now and allow that water to run over your hands and just be present for 30 seconds or a minute with that. Dry them and get out there and go get them, you know. So simple and yet so powerful. That's what you're talking about, which I just love. I do. So I also know you're writing a book. So please tell us a little bit about it and why are you writing it now? Well, let's just say I can't talk with enough people a day to make the impact <laughs> I want to have. Right, right. <laughs> Right. I'm like, uh, the pandemic did two things. One is I told you there's a transition with home that was happening and created space. And in that space, I was starting to think about what have I been doing for these last, you know, almost mm -hmm. 30 years and where are the threads? So I started pulling all that work together and that comes into a really gorgeous framework that, um, that I offer in the book. And then I was like, well, what, how can I possibly translate this information in a way that makes it irresistible and it's easy to comprehend and you feel like there's an intimacy and you're actually with somebody who cares. Mm. And um, that's that's how I came about it. I, I really, really want to be of service to as many people, to offer this to as many people who need it. 
right? Mm -hmm. And I, my secret agenda is I just want more competent people in the world. (laughs) 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 I want, I want the people who are leading and our decision makers and the people who are influencing other people's lives to just be happily awake at the wheel. Mm -hmm. Right. And so the book is a map of the territory. I call it a map of the territory. It's a conversation between a customer service agent who works for the universe and a human. Mm -hmm. And the human is calling up with a few complaints and would like to know, like, where's the manual and what were you thinking? Because this is a hot mess. And that's how we start. And then we go through a journey together. Oh, wow. That sounds really unusual. That does. So what's the key? Can you share anything about the key message of the book? Because I I guess you might want to keep some of that as a mystery, but I'd love to get a sense of like, why would we read it? What's that about? Yeah. Well, if you're, if you want to do something meaningful in the world, I want you to be your best self doing it, right? Mm. It's the content versus the process. A lot of books that I've seen, this is a mastery book. This is, Mm. it's not really for beginners. And it's a book for leaders and change agents and actually just a human who wants to improve their, their life also, you know, but having a professional impact is how do you bring the very best of what you've got to that game? Mm. And the transformative perspective is I think being up in higher ground is the key. It's like, where do you start? Where do you get to start? So if you don't know, you don't know what to do and you don't know where you are, then this could be helpful. Mm. It's literally a map of the territory. So. And is that the title, Kathy? Oh, no, the title is, the title is Empowerment Admits Chaos. Oh, oh, that's interesting. Yes. yes. Oh, very. So how do I find, how do I find my sense of power and how do I empower others uh, when it, when it's crazy mm. or, or it feels chaotic at, at whatever level. And, you know, people define chaos in a lot of different ways. So it could just be that your morning schedule got messed up or that the world shut down. <laughs> 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 Yeah, we're dealing with all of those things right now. So, oh my gosh, that's so exciting. So as we began our conversation today, you talked about this new energy that was calling to you. You also talked about like an interactive art installation, which sounds incredibly creative. Um, And so I'd love to just kind of finish off our conversation today with you just talking about what are you most passionate about as you step into this new energy, Kathy, and, you know, you turn and face 2023, which is approaching fast. I mean, what's most alive for you right now? I want to be very enthusiastic about the unknown. Mm. I want to be empathetic, enthusiastic, optimistic, and really freaking powerful Mm. in my way, right? And in my way is a gentle way, but uh, it's slightly irresistible too, which is great. (laughs) There's a little sparkle (laughs) involved in my world. (laughs) Um, You know, so, and then uh, the reason I would even want that for myself is I really I really want to leave this planet better than I found it. Mm. You know, I want to really make it. I want, I want people to feel how beautiful this life is. Mm. And, and I want them to appreciate it. And I want them to be their most incredible selves while they're here. Mm. You know, I, I think this is an amazing experiment humanity is an amazing experiment and and i just think we can get some really great results if we if we put our mind to taking care of the core ingredients you know and thank you for saying our heart yeah i think it's really easy to lose the beauty in the modern world and you know and and the way that you describe that that really resonated with me so yeah 
I really love that. So I'm noticing the time and um, I just want to ask you one final question, which is just simply this, you know, if there's something you wanted to share with our audience today that perhaps we haven't covered or something you want to kind of underline and highlight some words of wisdom, perhaps for our listeners, what might it be? I know your listeners don't know me, but I can, I would love to let them know that uh, the universe has got their back, right? I just want people to know they are, ex you're loved beyond your even, your wildest imagination. You are loved beyond your wildest imagination. And if you feel an inspiration and you feel uh, uh, an inkling to be of service, and if you're a leader, Thank you. Um, you know, tend to yourself, do your own work, and then turn your focus outward and do your work up there. But make it a beautiful dance between the two spaces, right? Mm -hmm. So that you stay whole and healthy and thrive and evolve because everyone will benefit. An empowered person is drawn to serve and empower others. That's what I would say. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Kathy. So elegantly stated there. It's just lovely. And I just want to thank you for coming to the podcast today. Our conversation was just so insightful. And I know our listeners will feel really inspired after listening to us talk today. So thank you so much. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, everyone, that's all we have time for today. Thank you so much for listening in. Now, before we go, I do want to remind you that all the resources and the links for our guests are in the show notes at sacredchangemakers.com. A big thank you to our members of Coaches Business School, who are our podcast sponsors, and our extended community, who are helping us to make a global impact aligned with the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, all visible on our website. And if you're looking for more soul in your life and business, if you have a sense that you have a calling, maybe you're here to make a bigger impact or just simply connect with others on your change-making journey. If our episode resonated with you today, I hope you'll consider joining us. Again, you can find out more at sacredchangemakers.com. So for now, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your intention and efforts to make our world a better place. Until next time, lots of love.